Welcome back to Hill Country Institute Live, Exploring Christ and Culture. This is Larry Leninschmidt. I'm the Executive Director of the Hill Country Institute and your host for this program. And today, our partner in this ministry to encourage prayer for teachers is the prayer ministry at First Presbyterian Church in San Antonio. Rick Lane is here. Rick is a leader in the in the prayer ministry there at First Presbyterian. And then McNeely Hayes, who's a member of First Presbyterian Church and just finished her first year at Texas A&M. She's with us also. And uh, McNeely, uh, in the previous segment, if you if you didn't catch that, if you're just now tuning in, I encourage you to visit to hillcountryinstitute.org. Uh, the, these programs will be there as podcasts. And what we're working to encourage is prayer for teachers. There's a day of prayer at First Presbyterian Church in San Antonio on August 23rd. And we're asking if other churches, other people would like to put together a day of prayer, please be in touch with us through the Hill Country Institute website. And we'll have resources and we'll have ideas. But even if you don't have a day of prayer, you can pray anytime for teachers. So we want to talk about the needs of teachers. We want to think about the impact that teachers have, and how we can be specifically involved in their needs and caring for them and praying for them. So thank you for your interest today. Hill Country Institute is about working on to bring the body of Christ together with people who are doing interesting work in, in needed ministries today. And, and that can include everything from fighting human trafficking to feeding the poor to creating beautiful art. But today we're specifically focused on the role of teachers in people's lives. How do teachers impact us? What are the needs of teachers? And teachers can include coaches. And today we have a coach and a teacher all rolled into one. His name is Nathan Griffin. Nathan uh, is a teacher and coach at uh, one of the Northside High Schools, John Paul Stevens High School. Uh, He's been serious about sports since he was very young. We found out that his peewee football team had two future NBA players and six future NFL players. So, so Nathan has a sports background that runs very deep. Um, Nathan graduated from Clarion University in Pennsylvania. He was there on a football scholarship. He played outside linebacker. He earned his degree in history. And uh, if you're not familiar with Clarion, one one thing that might just give you a sense of the magnitude, John Calipari, the coach at, at, at Kentucky, the basketball coach, is a, is a Clarion alum. So, Nathan, welcome. Thank you for being with us. Thanks for having me. And then, Larry, I'm going to jump in, too, for, for any listeners from First Pres uh, and, and anyone who's visited the church. Uh, I want to note that uh, Nathan is the son of Phyllis Griffin, uh, who is our uh, loving and capable uh, church receptionist. Um, and uh, recently I was talking with Phyllis, and I learned that uh, Nathan's grandfather, I think that's right, or, or great-grandfather, was a barber, and one of his clients was Joe Namath. Oh, uh, and uh, so they grew up with in the neighborhood <laughs> with athletes from, for generations. So there's, there's, there's a line there. Oh, yeah. Well, that's that, that's great. Um, and, and, and Phyllis actually ran into Joe in, the, in, a, in, an, in an elevator one time and said, Joe, my grandfather keeps telling me that he was your barber. Is he lying or telling the truth? He said, who's your grandfather? Did you tell him the name? And he said, oh, yeah, I used to go to him regularly in high school yeah, and college. It's, it's, actually, it's actually my grandfather, my mother's father. Oh, I'm so, right, my yeah. first father. So she didn't yeah. believe him for years. She thought he was telling <laughs> a yarn. But, no, Joe remembered him well. Oh, that's great. Well, well, how did how did I mean? There's a lot of sports around you, but how did you personally feel that God was calling you to sports and then into coaching? Um, uh, when I when I graduated college, 
I had opportunity to go into a nonprofit program uh, where I um, led two programs that really dealt with uh, the worst of the worst kids, or the kids that were worst off, or people said that they were worst off. And um, I felt like I was making an impact, but it was only in a limited time. And I felt like, um, how can I have more time with the children of this caliber um, on a day-to-day uh, basis because I only met with the kids uh, once a week. And I felt like if I can do it every single day, at the same time do something that was enjoyable, which was football, um, that I would, you know, go ahead and do it. So uh, I quit that job and, and student taught for about 12 weeks. And luckily, one of the coaches that was on staff where I was student teaching, he wanted to be a missionary. <laughs> oh. So uh, so since he he retired and went to be, went into the mission uh, field, and, uh, and when he retired, they had an open slot. And as soon as I came out of student teaching, I was able to uh, become a full-time coach at the same staff, uh, same school that I student taught at. Well, it seems like God had a had a calling on two people's lives, and they just That's happened right. to match up well, didn't they? Oh yeah, that's great. Well, uh, so so nor- the North Side job at, at uh, John Paul Stevens High that's your that's your first uh, teaching coaching job, isn't it? Yes, sir. It is. It's my first uh, teaching and coaching uh, job, um, and I was I was blessed to be in a position where those things all lined up. And, and when things like that happen, uh, you know it's it's from God. Amen. Well, I, I, you, you, if I do, I understand correctly that you're the the head coach of the freshman team. Yes, sir. And you also have something to do with the with is it the varsity team? Yes, sir. I, I coach linebackers for the varsity. Um, uh, and then I, I'm the freshman head coach. Uh, so what that kind of entails is, is that my hands, when it comes to the young guys, uh, is, is, is all on. Uh, they kind of, you know, the varsity is always uh, takes priority over everything. Uh, but for the most part, um, they give me autonomy with, with the freshman uh, football team. And those guys, we have a different set, uh, athletic period and a different practice time. Um, so that's that's my main priority, but also the linebackers on varsity as well. Right. And you you also coach track and teach in the classroom. Yes, sir. I, I also teach. I mean, coach track too. Uh, previously years I've done basketball, and this will be the first year I'm doing track. Um, but because of the schedule is so grueling, uh, the track schedule is much is much easier, uh, or not. I wouldn't say easier, but a better schedule for for uh, for me personally. Uh, rather than basketball, but I enjoy doing both. Sure. Uh, yes, sir. I teach uh, American history in the classroom, um, which I enjoy thoroughly. I'm a history major, and that's that's something that I wanted to, uh, you know, do with my my degree. But when I got out of college, I just tried to get the you know the best job that I can get. But it all lined up for the for the best. Well, Nathan, one of the things that we're we're trying to to focus on for people who are who are listening and want to pray for teachers are are the needs and. And it, it sounds to me like you need about a what a twenty eight hour day to do all those things. <laughs> <laughs> That's about right. Uh, you know, usually uh, during football season or any season, whether it be track or basketball, um, it's really a, a twelve to thirteen hour day uh, every day. And then during football season, I work seven days a week, no days off until the season's over. So um, your time is at a minimum. But when you're doing something that you love and God you know, had a calling in your life and, and it doesn't seem like work most of the time. Yeah. No, that's, that's really a, uh, your, your feet touch the ground lightly in a way, don't they? Yes, sir. 
And Nathan, I have a quick question for you. Uh, for our other segments, this is uh, the fourth segment of four segments uh, on our special editions of Day of Prayer for Mexico, Day of Prayer for Teachers uh, with Hill Country Institute Live. Uh, and in each of the others, we started with some scripture. Uh, um, are there any scriptures that, uh, that that you think of or that guide you as a teacher that come to mind? Um. Specifically, I think it's the, the, the scripture that, you know, my mom has uh, always instilled in us every day. And that's Psalm 118, 24. Uh, this is the day uh, which the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And uh, I try to take that enthusiasm uh, each and every day to, to whatever I do. And uh, and that, that specifically uh, makes me happy every single day I'm alive. You know, and especially that I'm doing something that God called me to do. Mm-hmm. So uh, to be happy, to be enthusiastic every single day in what you do, and that's infectious, and that's contagious, and everybody can pick up on that. Yeah. No, that that's a that's a great verse, and it's it's a whole attitude, isn't it? <clears throat> yes, sir. Yeah. We we had such a good time preparing for this show that we actually quoted that verse yes, yesterday. It's so true. We did. I think a phone call. Um, wow. Getting everything situated, we mm-hmm. talked about that verse so, as well. So the Holy so. Spirit precedes us. Yes. yes, so true. Well, the Word of God is 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 eternal, and it touches us, and it changes us, and it molds us, and and uh, a lot of the a lot of the things that uh, come from the Word come out through through teachers who are who are really involved with students, don't they? Yes, sir. Well, in in your free time, and I and I'm using that word kind of loosely. Uh, you know, I, I understand that you also have a, a major commitment to working with students in the in the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Yes, sir. Uh, at least once a month. Um, I I don't head it off at my school, uh, but I, I make I make it a priority to, uh, to attend the meetings that that we do have, and I think it's an intricate part of being a student. And when I was a student in high school, uh, my coach, uh, his name is Drew Sanders, and, and he's a pretty big uh, advocate for it here in the state of Texas. Um, he was our FCA leader, and he impacted my life and still to this day impacts my life um, in a way that uh, that only, I think, coaches and teachers can. Uh, they, they have a different angle on kids uh, that parents sometimes don't get through and, and that coaches and teachers can get through. And uh, with, his, with his impact, I wanted to make sure that I have the same type of impact on my, my uh, players and, and students in school. So I try to make it my duty to attend at least one, one meeting per month. Mm-hmm. Well, tell us tell us some more about that coach because we've been we've heard uh, several stories. And again, if, if someone's just joined us, we encourage you to listen to those stories at hillcountryinstitute.org. But but teachers and coaches are, are involved with students, as you said, in a way that parents may want to be, but but there's something different. There's a different dynamic and how did how did that really work out for you with this coach? I think uh, uh, to this day I call him the greatest coach I've ever had, and he always laughs and says, "Nah, he's being modest." But but I think that um, the time that he takes on this craft when it comes to coaching and when it comes to mentoring young men um, is awesome. Uh, he was uh, he went to uh, Abilene, no, Hardin Simmons uh, College. He played football there, and he was a very he was a smaller uh, type defensive end. And I was a smaller type defensive end, and we kind of related to each other on that on that level. And he always gave me advice on life that pertained uh, pertained to things that he kind of seen that uh, maybe roads that I was going down that may not have been good. 
Um, and he always starts in like hey, uh, next event. I Nathan, we're having a little trouble with the connection. Um, you, did you move or anything? Can you hear me now? Yes, that's good. Thank you. Okay. Yeah, he's he's now the head coach of Vandergrift High School in uh, right outside of Austin, and uh, I just think his passion for the Lord was evident from the words that he said every single day. He didn't cuss. Um, he was always mild tempered for the most part um, when it came to addressing kids, and his his actions more so than his words uh, spoke volumes when it came to being a man of God and the things that you're supposed to do on a day to day basis. Yeah, it's 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 really incredible, isn't it? How how a coach can set a an example for you, and then you. It sounds like you really wanted to walk in a way that was worthy of the example that he gave you. Yes, sir. That's exactly uh, what it is. He was he was an awesome awesome role model to have, an awesome coach to have. Mm -hmm. Well, in in high school, uh, you're you're at a point in in life as as a person as a student. Where you're really trying to figure things out, you know, it's who are you? Uh, what values are you going to have? Uh, you may be facing peer pressure to do things that, that maybe you don't want to do, but you feel like you need to do uh, just to get along or so you'll be cool or, or not considered a wimp or whatever. Uh, do you do you feel like you're having conversations uh, at this point where you're talking with with students about those kind of life issues and how they're living? Yes, sir. Uh, I feel like, um, just like you said, to add on to what you said, it's, it's kind of a crossroads in a, in a lot of kids' life. And I try to encourage them that in their mind, they know what right and wrong is. And to assess the consequences, both good and bad, with the things that they do. Because there's consequences both ways. All kids most of the time now think that consequence means negative. Which is, which is not true as we know. Um, so I try to help them look at the big picture rather than just an emotional reaction or just a, a physical reaction to something. Um, stop and think about it. And as a coach, that's what we have to do anyway. We, we game plan, we lesson plan as teachers. And, and these, we plan out the things that we have and then we go and execute those things. And I try to, um, try to pass that on to the players. And to my students, that you should make a plan and then execute it, and that's the best way to go about things, rather than just acting off impulse or or, or just reacting to things. Sure. So you're so you're so you're thinking about uh, you're you're showing in a way what it's like to have a plan, and right. uh, then you you build on that plan, and yet life life doesn't fit the book all the time right and the fo football game doesn't fit the book so Correct. how do you yeah how do you tie those things together you know that you're you're thinking of uh, the 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 important things in life and con the consequences are good and bad and right. in football you've got to play and if it goes wrong you've got to have a plan for what you do next so Correct. can Correct. you piece those together for for sure. student to no, see? no problem yeah. i think what it all comes down to is is, is I think it comes down to faith and persistence. And, and number one is, is if you keep the faith with God or with with the goal or journey that you have, um, eventually uh, everything will turn out in the favor that 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 pretty much is planned for the future. You know, uh, <laughs> I feel like 
in a in, in a game if it's not going well and you're still plugging away, you're still going as hard as you can. Uh, there's beauty in that. There's God in that. There's faith in that. And if in 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 life, if things are not going your way and you still keep the course and you and you pray and you, and you keep faith in God, I think those things can all keep your journey on a steady on a steady path and moving forward in the right direction. I think about running out a ground ball in baseball. You, mm-hmm. you know, you're you're gonna you're gonna run. You're gonna put everything you have into it. You don't know what's gonna happen, but right. sometimes something happens. And if you didn't run it out, you you wouldn't have that, would you? That's a perfect example. Yeah. So so faith faith gives you the 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 willingness and the courage to keep going, doesn't it? Yes, sir. So how do you and and and. And you're in a, a public school, and I don't want to uh, say anything that's uh, you know inappropriate or uncomfortable. But it, it, do, do coaches have a better opportunity, perhaps, to talk about faith issues with students than maybe just a classroom teacher? I would, I would, I would say, I would say yes. Um, I think everything we do, or mostly everything we do as coaches in the coaching profession, I'm a part of the. Texas High School Coaches Association. Uh-huh. And when we start, when we start our our meetings, uh, we started off with the prayer, uh, and that's letting us know as men, as coaches here in Texas, uh, who really runs it, and uh-huh. who's really in charge of of all the things that uh, that, that goes on every single day in our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and secondly, um, our our players are much more open with their faith when it comes to athletics. Um, if you see on TV when somebody scores a touchdown or hits a home run, and, Went up to the sky. Yeah. So that environment of being open with your with your faith is very acceptable in an athletic uh, arena. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to being a coach, when it comes to my players, in that aspect, it's, it's very much so uh, uh, an acceptable thing and very a free flowing thing and um, in the norm. Uh, but when it comes to the classroom, um, I can't be as much. Uh, I can't impact lives. Uh, well, I can't bring it up for me personally in class, but a lot of times, um, kids in class, when they talk about it, I just encourage the conversation, um, and, and open that line of dialogue so other kids can learn about, um, Jesus and, and, and God when we do have class discussion. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if it comes up, if, if it comes up in a class, then, then it's fair game, so to speak. Yes, sir. Uh, yeah. But you know, there really is a difference in a, in an athletic, event and, a, and a, the ongoing athletic work, you know, where where uh, someone can acknowledge God. And it may be something just as simple as pointing up when something good has happened. Um, it's maybe harder to, to point up when something bad's happened, isn't it? Right. <laughs> well, um, if anyone's just joined us, this is Hill Country Institute Live, Exploring Christ and Culture. I'm Larry Leninschmidt, your host, and this is a special presentation in, encouraging prayer for teachers in partnership with the prayer ministry of First Presbyterian Church in San Antonio. For additional information, if you'd like to have your own prayer event on the day of prayer we've set up on August 23rd, uh, please visit hillcountryinstitute.org. So, Nathan, in terms of students that aren't in the athletic program, now part of part of what we've been hearing about is building relationship. How do you, how do you build relationship with somebody that's that you're not uh, you know out there sweating and, and working with on a field? Uh, I think it comes with authenticity, and it comes with conver- open conversation, 
and I think it comes with a uh, a level of trust. Uh, and, and particularly in my class, um, I, I tell my students that when we have a class discussion, everything is accepted. And you should trust that when, when you say something in here, it stays in here. It's kind of like the Vegas rules. That's what I bring up. <laughs> but it, it, when something's said in class, it stays in here. And for the most part, kids in my class really um, abide by that rule. Uh, they really uh, abide by that rule. So when it, when it comes to conversation and opening up and bridging those gaps of, of awkwardness or um, uncom- uh, being uncomfortable, then after they kind of see me expose myself, I, I, I give them some funny stories about myself, and it kind of opens up the, the room. And then when it comes to me really caring about them, mm-hmm. uh, and they can see that through the way I teach and the way I handle different kids um, when it comes to it. Um, I, I have special relationships, particularly with, with a couple of kids, but for the most mm-hmm. part, I try to be as close and warm as possible when they come in. I play music when they come in class and try to make it a, 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 a easy environment to kind of adjust to once they come in class. Mm-hmm. Sure. So you're so you're you're trying to create that environment. We we had a, a teacher earlier call it her classroom family. Does mm-hmm. that does that the kind of feel that you're trying to develop? I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. A classroom family was what she called the the environment she was trying to create. That's exactly what it is. You know, when you go to a family reunion. Uh, if there's not barbecue and music playing, and then uh, I don't know. You know, I need I need that I need that type of environment going on. You know, so that's what I try to bring to uh, to my classroom, and that was a perfect example. I hear you. Yeah. Um, Nathan, this is Rick, and uh, I was wondering if you have any thoughts on this day of idea of a day of prayer for teachers. Are there things we should pray for for teachers? Uh, are there ways that uh, churches and Christians can um, can approach um, the need for prayer for teachers that, that, that come to your mind? Yes, sir. I, I think that the two top things for me uh, would be enthusiasm and patience. Uh, like I said, uh, some teachers, uh, they don't come uh, to school with, with, that, with that verse uh, from Palms like I do every single day. Um, but um, that enthusiasm is infectious, and when you have it, um, it's kind of like a uh, uh, lubricant when you have a, a car. You need an oil change. Uh, and also, um, not only um, enthusiasm, but patience. Mm-hmm. Stay the course uh, when it comes to kids and when it comes to uh, um, teaching those guys and building relationships and not to give up, uh, to be patient and uh, steadfast in, in, in the journey. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so patience, endurance, steadfastness, Courage is courage a part of this? Yes, sir. Um, it, it, it takes a lot of courage to get in front of you know fifteen, sixteen, and seventeen year old kids every single day, and uh, and put yourself out there and uh, and be totally vulnerable and open. So yeah, I think courage is is, is a great example uh, of something that that's needed as well. Mm-hmm. Did you have a verse you'd like to share, McNeil? Yeah, um, something that just comes to mind. Um, through the course of talking today and getting to um, just this idea of planting seeds and um, the words you say and the actions you have, they're going to have an impact on these students and you might not um, get to see it um, come to fruition. But in Isaiah 55, um, God promises that when his word goes out, 
that it will not return to him empty, but it will accomplish what its purpose was. And so um, it's just so encouraging to see um, these teachers who do have the um, faith and do have the courage to get to share small parts of their lives with these students and um, get to be a part of God's bigger plan for um, these different kids' lives. And so we thank you for being a part of that. Absolutely. Thank Thank you for that verse. That was awesome. Well, what we've what we've been hearing it to a large degree is that what you're planning now may not come to fruition for five years or 10 years or 20 years or even more. But but the model that a teacher gives is so important. So if you're a teacher and you're listening, we want to encourage you because the impact that you're having is for the long term. It's mm-hmm. not just for this semester or this particular class day. And so what you're doing, Nathan, is so important. So. Let, let us let us just pray for Nathan. Let's take a minute here. And Lord, we, we thank you for Nathan. We thank you for him. And we thank you for what he represents. The many people who have become teachers, they've become coaches, they've become band directors, they've become people who work with students. And we thank you for them. We thank you for their heart. We thank you for the way that you work through them. We pray for their enthusiasm. We pray for their patience. We pray for wisdom that they would know how to pull their faith together with their teaching skills, with their coaching skills, and that they would be there for the students when they're needed and in ways that are particular and, and unique for each of those students to meet their needs. So we lift up the teachers of this area to you. We ask for your blessing. We ask for your protection. We ask for your wisdom for them. And Lord, we thank you for them in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. So, Nathan, thank you so much for being with us. Rick, thank you. McNeely, it's thank been fun so to be here. With you. Oh man, it's great, great. And we, you know, we hope you'll have a have a great year. We want to encourage everyone to join in the Day of Prayer for Teachers, First Presbyterian Church in San Antonio, Texas, on August twenty third. We encourage you to have a Day of Prayer at your own church, and we encourage you to pray for teachers. This is Larry Lennon Schmidt. This has been Hill Country Institute Live, and thank you for being with us. <laughs>